Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. (sighs) My job is driving me crazy. Sorry. Do you hate your job or does your job hate you? Sorry. Sorry. I can't find the answer to the question I heard. My career crisis. I've been a freelancer for much of my working life. I had a staff position in a PR agency for the first 18 months of my career. Um, And then I freelanced for 10 years and I wasn't working in PR. The PR was the first job and it made me realise that I had to follow my dream in radio. Hence all the freelancing. Um, I had a couple of other staff jobs, but they never lasted long. It's like I can't stick to one office, one space, one group of people. Places I keep working at keep getting closed down, which I'm not going to take personally. Um, Being the internal freelancer can be freeing. You pick and choose when you work. You get random weekdays off. You can go to the movies at 11 o'clock in the morning if you fancy it on a Tuesday. But in these uncertain times, it is stressful. And with an eye on a non-existent pension pot, I feel like I need to get my shit together, quite frankly, which is why I'm very interested in our guest's crisis today. Welcome to My Career Crisis, the podcast that delves into work-life dramas and how to solve them. I'm Ruth Barnes in an eternal crisis. Welcome Sue Ahern from Creative People, our careers specialist. Hi, Sue. Hello. I thought we could throw the lid off the freelance life today. Um, And I think it's relevant to a lot of people who listen to this podcast because I think if you're in a crisis, one of the things you're probably a little bit curious about is sending that I quit email Mm. and going freelance. Before you do that, what should you be thinking about? When is a good time to do that? Well, there's a really easy answer to that. There isn't one, right? But um, I I think before we sort of um, look to the sunny uplands of being a freelance, there is no such thing. I think some people are are in terms of their personality are more suited to being freelance I think I'm one of those I'm a a natural freelance but I worked for a company for 12 years and then decided to leave and even though it was totally my choice I really wanted to go it was very scary and um, you know not getting that money in your account on the 15th of every month as I was used to is really difficult so if that's what you want to do then you have to make proper plans never do it in a fit of peak I am certainly someone who could cut off my nose to spite my face. But even I decided, no, I've got to make plans. I've got to test the water. I've got to see if I can do this. And you've got to take a load of things into consideration, like should I be VAT registered? Do I have an accountant? Um, How much money do I need to be earning? All that sort of stuff. Um, And it's not just doing the job. It's getting the job. 
as well. So if you've got lots of freelance um, contracts, you've got to get them in the first place. I mean, it's lovely working for different employers, but you've got to go out and sell yourself. And if you're not very good at that or that makes you very uncomfortable, think about it. My career crisis. Angie is a successful musician with her band Piney Gear, her musical alias. She's released six albums with indie circuit success, both here and in America. Her songs often turn up in the weepy moments on Grey's Anatomy or the hilarious bits of Made in Chelsea. She's a very talented songwriter and writes for ads and commercial projects all the time, which is quite lucrative. Uh, she was made redundant from her steady job as a music supervisor last year. Um, she's had jobs, various jobs working in the industry, publishing houses, sync agencies. Nothing seems to have lasted more than a few years. So she is now properly freelance. She has had what I like to call a simultaneously varied, successful and also frustrating career. Well, Angie, what's the best thing about being a freelancer for you? Let's start on a positive note. What's okay. it enabled you to do? Um, well, it's nice to kind of when I win a job and I'm just winning it for myself. And that's like, hooray, well done me, pat on the back. And this you're talking about kind of winning a, a Hugo uh, Boss fragrance yeah, ad. that kind of thing. Because it's good money. It's Well, and it's also good for my showreel and it's good for um, as an outward facing sync person for the the music community to know I'm working on cool stuff like that. Um, so that's all really good. Um, and I like, as you mentioned before, the flexibility. Like, if I want to go to Dreamland one Monday, I can. You know, it's kind of like those are good things. Um, but it, it also has, you know, it's yin and it's yang. I think it's interesting as well because we're, well, I'm very much someone who would quit and, and be freelance and was very happy doing that. You weren't. You were made redundant by your last yeah, job. Yeah, I was. So you were forced so into a, a freelance life. And yeah. then I, I wasn't really given a legal redundancy pay or anything. So I just had to take the first work I could find. So, so you're now dividing your week between in, a number between of different jobs. Between three jobs and then my freelance on top of that. So I do one day a week at a music supervision company, which kind of admin-y and then Tuesdays and Thursdays I work for a music publisher and I delve into their back catalog to find their sync gems which is quite fun because I listen to music all day discovering like beautiful old Italian film scores and I'm tagging them so they can find them when they get briefs in and when they get briefs in sometimes I help them you know pitch and then they can place that music and in, they can on place TV it shows for and films, films and TV yep. and stuff like that so that's kind of fun but it is quite I, it's like coasting for me. It's very easy. And then um, um, Wednesdays I'm working on Grand Tour, which is the Jeremy Clarkson show <laughs> on Amazon. So that's a, a total fast pace, you know, really hectic, but, you know, kind of fun environment. There are dogs in the office. This, this <laughs> pleases me. So, yeah. And then Fridays are my Piney Fridays, and I, I devote those days to um, – music or sometimes the admin that comes with doing music or the meetings and schmoozing that comes with doing music so um and, and then sometimes if I get a huge ad brief in or something I've got to drop everything and just work work for the money work Friday yeah. work yeah. into the night work wake up at six in the morning and work you know and try yeah. and cram it in around the other commitments I think this is the, the kind of ideal example of what it can be like to go freelance in your case be forced to go freelance and then you you, you end up obviously having to work because you need to pay the rent every month so you're you're doing jobs that potentially are beneath you even though they're they're in a nice industry yeah. they are beneath you um 
Sue, how do you manage this? Because it's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, in Angie's case, she was forced to go freelance, but I think it is relevant that you go freelance, and I certainly did this in my career, thinking that it'll all be fine. And then you end up with these sort of a different hat for different days of the week, which can be exhausting, uh, not often being in the direction you want to be going in. So you've got that kind of eating away at you. It's not great for your kind of overall self-esteem, is it? No, and I think the interesting phrase you used there was um, that you were you, you were forced to go freelance. So what was the nature of the job that you were doing previously? Um, it was music supervision. So kind of what I do when I'm not committed to companies um, in my in the margins of my time, uh, either writing music for, bespoke for um, for t- mainly ads or um, finding an existing commercial track that I license for the ads, which involves a lot of briefs and toing and froing with publishers, labels, ad agencies, directors, producers. So what um, sort of company were you doing that for? Um, It was just a music supervision company. Because, first of all, if we just look at the sort of um, kick, bollock, scramble that is your life at the moment, it's no surprise to me that you are tired. Because there's just too many different moving bits. And I'm just wondering if if you could get a job, not a full-time job, but let's say three days a week, you knew what days you were working. Because you have actually got a skill which is very valuable and very marketable. And I'm just thinking about, for example, independent television companies who have to copyright, they have to know about copyright and they have to license music for their television programmes. I'm wondering, have you ever made any overtures to companies like that? I have done some reach outs and sent CVs and I guess television isn't the world I have the most contacts in. Mm. So um, I don't know that my email has been prioritized from these people. Um, It's a bit like a stab in the dark sometimes. Um, I have done, I actually got very far down the line with an ad agency about being their in-house and I did all this work and made this report and how I was going to save them money and I did, you know, forecasting how much I was going to save them and I got all the way to like the the director of the ad agency and then they were like, oh, yeah, we're just going to stick to what we do already. Oh, and I was just like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> like that was kind of, and, and not many agencies have in-house or they already do have. They either don't want it or they have it already. Yeah, but- so I've done the reach outs to the ones that have it. And I've tr- attempted to set that up with the, the place I had the most ins at, you know, and... Um, I mean, that's yeah. the I think that's the frustration with your industry, isn't yeah. it? Because it's very network based. It's very connections based. Yeah. What would a good future for you look like on a weekly basis? What would you be doing? Um, I guess I would like to shirk off this admin responsibility and do my my creative work. Um, with agencies and stuff doing and and I did my first feature film I enjoyed the long form and just maybe expanding that and doing more films and more ads and and less admin and um, of course admin is everywhere and will forever need doing but you know I'd rather do it for myself I guess Um, so I I guess being more autonomous would be nice um, rather than piecemealing all these sort of jobs together to, to make rent, basically. But but that's the key, isn't it? You need a minimum amount of money every week in order to pay your bills. Yeah. Right. So what I'm uh, I'm thinking, I mean, and it's very interesting the way you're describing these other jobs. I mean, we've used the word menial, but I I don't think that's a really accurate description because I don't think any job is menial. I think you do what you do 
to earn your money. That's what you do. Um, I think also the um, pitch that you gave to the advertising agency, even though it was incredibly frustrating and you didn't get it and they sort of played you along a bit, at the end that's not wasted because you've done the work. You know how to pitch now, you know, and it was their bad that they didn't take it up. But I do think if you could regularise the, the, the money-earning bit um, to pay your rent. So, and, 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 and it's interesting what you said about, you know, applying to various places, you send a CV. In my experience, CVs will get you so far. But it's about networking. It's about who you know. And sometimes, I mean, it's, you, you, you're trying to keep within your safe area. You say, I don't really know that world. Well, then maybe we have to find out a bit more about it. It's not just the music industry that has a need for that. There's loads of other places that have a need. And, you know, um, we can have a conversation about that. Thanks, yeah. Angie, um, how do you manage your finances? Oh, God. I mean, I make ends meet because of these admin jobs. Um, And then I get, you know, I do this work for Hugo Boss or Givenchy or whatever. And then that comes in six months later or something. Oh, that's so Um, frustrating. Because they're like, well, we need our client to pay us before we pay. You know, and I'm like, why is that my problem? But anyway, (laughs) it is. It is my problem. So then six months later, I'll get this money I almost forgot that I earned. And that's like, oh, bonus. Hooray. So then I can, like, buy a pair of shoes or something. But um, so it's a bit chaotic. But because of the the admin, I know I have my bills covered kind of thing. Are you managing to save? I am because of this weird... Uh, doing my freelance work in the margins of the commitments, um, it's like a savings account. So thank you for being bad payers, everybody. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's been okay. You know, it's I'm not like rolling in it, but it, it gives me a tiny bit of like safety net should one of these admin jobs go away, like Grand Tour is temporary. But let, how about sort of trying to capitalize on what you've done already? So. Yeah. You you are working for a television company that's making Grand Tour. Hmm. Okay. Um, those people within that company will know other people who work in television yeah. who might need somebody who can be a music supervisor for them. Yeah. And I think you have to put yourself out there. The worst thing that can happen is they say no. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not shy to make that known to my colleagues. Um, but this is the first TV show I've ever worked on. so it's, And you, you're yeah. doing a fine job. Yeah, so far so good, yeah. So right from, um, you know, the season will end. But before that ever happens, I think you need to be going, um, do you know anybody else who needs a temporary... Yeah. I mean, the, the really great selling point about being freelance is they don't have to pay you um, for a long period of time. They pay yeah. you for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. They don't have to pay pension. They yeah. don't have to pay all these other things because you take care of that yourself. Yeah. So actually that's quite a good prospect, especially for small companies with lots of overheads. So I think now you should be trying to get as many contacts out of those people as possible yeah. and then ringing them. Yeah. yeah. And then you can say, oh, so-and-so gave me your number. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a much better way of, of getting in into an organisation. Yeah. I agree. It's who you know. I mean, that's the same with ads. Um, and I'm always kind of, you know, I'm not out to like use people, but I'm always out to meet people and see, oh, can we work together? And I think everyone in everyone's in it for the same reason. Yeah. I, I think in a way, it's not even it's not about using anybody. Yeah. I think they <clears throat> they would be happy to recommend you on because you're good. So you'd then go in and do good work. Yeah. Which would then make them look good because hey, their life easier. you know, yeah. Bob recommended Angie and she's yeah. great. You know, gold yeah. star for Bob. It's that uh-huh. kind of thing. So yeah. I don't think it's about using. I think there's it's I found it very difficult to be pushy in my career and 
the minute you are pushy and you get over that kind of heart beating adrenaline rush where you think, oh, this is so embarrassing. And oh, no, they're just going to say, oh, actually, they've said yes. And it's really yeah. good. And in my case, it would be approaching people at schmoozy events, which I know you do quite a lot yeah, as well. A bit of that. And, you know, you have to approach people and sort of swallow your pride and just go, hi, I'm Ruth and introduce yourself and business card and. And I've actually been doing that a lot with Chalk and Blade, my podcast production company, because we're trying to hustle for work all the time. And it's about the person. You get that kind of frosty, weird smile from someone going, what do you want? Money? You can just see it on their face. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, go away. And then you say, actually, this is who I am. Yeah. And these, this is what I can offer you. And oh. I think people are almost relieved when they then go, oh, yeah, OK, you've got something to offer me. Yeah. Let's talk. Email me. I, I think that the key to networking, I'm never somebody who can go and work a room. I don't like it. Yeah. I feel awkward. But what I can do is talk to people. Mm -hmm. And so invariably, you know, you're at the buffet or something. And um, if you can just say, oh, I, you know, I'm Sue Ahern. I This is what I, what I do. Who are you? Be interested in the person that you're talking to. Yeah. And often um, at the end of that conversation, somebody will say, what's your email address? And But I think if you um, are asking people to help you, you have got to be very generous and always help other people. Agreed, so yeah. it, it's a two-way it's a two way thing. And that conversation might not come to fruition for six months or ever, but people know about you and will contact you. Another thing about that awkwardness about selling yourself, I know a lot of women find that, is, um, I mean, my f famous story about this is I had, when I was at school, one of my best friends was um, a model. Um, uh, God knows why she was my best friend. You know, you know why ever stand next to her? You know, the comparison <laughs> would be odious. But she was a drop-dead gorgeous. And um, from about 16, she was earning money as a model. And, of course, I, I went off to college and uh, came back. And then one day she said to me, oh, we were going to go out for some lunch. And she said, I'm going to a casting. So would you like to come? And just then we can go for lunch afterwards. So I said, OK. So we went and it was like in an old school hall. And there were four men sitting behind um, a table. And they had all this, these bevy of beautiful women who would just walk up and down, walk past. And they would look at them and they would say things in their hearing like, um, no, the nose is too big. No, wrong hair. And I was outraged on her behalf. And as we got out, I said to her, how can you let them talk about it? And, and she was completely nonplussed. She said, what on earth are you talking about? And I said, you know, you're like a piece of meat. And she went, look, stop getting all political about it. It's not about me. They don't know me. They're after a look. And do I make that look or not? It's not personal. And it's not, um, they're not being derogatory. They're just saying I'm not right. She said, you've got to think of yourself as a product. And that's what I do when I go to pitch for business. I, I'm a product. This is what I do. And I'll show you what I do and what I can do for you. But if you don't need that product or you don't like it, that's absolutely fine. It doesn't make me a bad person. And it's about thinking, it's about getting your brand right. It's obviously your, your music making, but, but what as a music supervisor, for example, do I offer that other people don't? What is my brand? Trying to get that a handle on that. Yeah, at the moment I haven't really got an online presence because I haven't decided that yet. Um, you so, mean as a music supervisor, you yeah, don't have it on? Yeah, Piney's everywhere. Yeah. Googlepinygear.com is there. <laughs> but uh, my brand as a music supervisor, I mean, I have a LinkedIn that's a little bit, I mean, it's kind of, I've done a lot, you know, but that's kind of it. So I, I am thinking about that, but I haven't yet identified my brand, so I haven't yet. How do you do it. that? How do you identify your brand? What kind of questions do you ask yourself? Well, what, what am I providing? 
So think back about what you've provided in the past to get, um, because think about what a website does. We, we didn't have one for my company for ages um, because most of our work was word of mouth. But then what was happening was people were saying, and what's your web address? And I just thought, well, I've just talked to you about what we do. But it's like a brand. It's like a stamp of approval. And also because myself and my business partner were getting on a bit, it made us look like dinosaurs if we didn't have a website. So we have a website now. And when I look at the analytics, loads of people look at it. But I think, who are they? Why, why do they look at it? Because most of our work is still word of mouth. But I think in a digital age now, that's what you have to have. So you've got to decide. Um, if I looked at your website, you've got to tell me why I should use you. And also because of your track record, you've got loads of stuff to illustrate what you do. Yeah. You know, so you could have a little audio link to a SoundCloud or whatever. This was for um, a brand I did. This was, I did that contact details. It can be actually very simple, mm. but make it easy for me. Yeah, it doesn't have to be information heavy. In fact, Sue's right; it should be product heavy. Product so heavy. that yeah. lovely Marmite video yeah. that you did—that's uh-huh. awesome. Thanks. That should be number one. Yeah. Um, and and like you say, a little link to a nice little SoundCloud playlist or something, just yeah. examples of your work and contact details. Yeah. I mean, I feel like really these days less is more when uh-huh. I visit a website I don't want to be bombarded Trawl with a through. massive biography yeah. and yeah. this yeah. here's my CV his yeah. LinkedIn is pulled through and it's all there I'm yeah. not interested I just want to hear what I need to hear yeah. and how do I get in touch but that's the composition bit so one you know bullet points I compose music for mm-hmm. ads and yeah. incidental here are some examples but also I'm your one-stop shop for music supervision yeah so, you know, and then some examples of things that you've done, like, for example, Grand Tour. Yeah. And yeah. that's quite a prestigious brand. So yeah. that would look very good on it. On yeah. And your first film. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's not out yet. But yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's, um... What's holding you back then? Why are you reticent about the, the kind of web presence as because as, you'd be Angie, right? You'd be Angela Penhaligon rather than Piney Gear. Right. Yeah. I mean, part of it was my former employers don't want me to use any of my work on on my website. Right. Do, um, is that is that well, do they have a leg I to stand spoke on there? To my lawyer about that, right? And um, anyway, I don't want to get too into it, but I can use it legally. Um, but uh, there, there may be repercussions from crazy ex bosses. Oh my goodness! So I gotta like, love the music. Is biz. that a can of worms I wish to open? You know, so that's a logistic. But then, since I left, I actually have quite a lot of my yes. own, like that I didn't do whilst under their umbrella. Um, and, uh, and so I'm like, well, I could just get on with that stuff. Um, and then it's like, can I actually handle more work? Because I, I, I'm working nonstop as it is like a complete wake up early, go to bed late, work, 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 work. If I start getting more work in, like, how can I cram that in because of this cash flow issue where I don't get paid for six months for jobs. That's frustrating. It's like yeah. if I could go, oh, well, I know if I take this job on, I'll get paid on, you know, the 30th yeah. or, or yeah. even within two months. But when it's like six months or eight months or one was a year, you're like, okay, I that's like, I can't rely on that. You know? Well, the other alternative then is, um, and you made a comment earlier when we were talking about you, you really, you like, like the people where you, where you work. Yeah. Right. That's going to keep you in your place for quite a long time. Yeah, it really does help a lot. But, but, but it, you could be earning more money somewhere else. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, a lot of women, we've spoken about this on the podcast before, they stay because they have a nice time. And I'm not saying that's a bad reason to stay, but don't then moan about the fact that you're not, you're not earning enough. 
if, for example, you looked at, I mean, we mentioned television companies before, but there are other places that might pay a bit more money yeah. that might offer you two days. And then you'd only have to yeah. work two days instead of three days yeah. because for the same amount of money. Yeah. So it's a matter of when is the time to risk saying to one of those jobs you don't want to be doing, yeah. I'm out, actually, yeah, yeah. knowing that, OK, there may be a dip in the finances for the next yeah. few months. So you're going to have to dip into the nest egg yeah. to help you cover that. Yeah. But knowing that it could lead to the work that's... Really, what you're skilled at doing, more, yeah, more creative, right? Yeah. That's going to stop you because the admin stuff. I know what that's like. It's yeah. you start to really lose a sense of yourself as a professional, and that's dangerous. Yeah, I mean, I listen to podcasts all day, Ruth. Oh, so. well, that's good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but I, I don't think you know there are no crystal balls, and when it comes to making decisions, why are decisions hard? Well, because you have two or three things that you could choose between, which all have um, um, advantages and disadvantages. And um, I think sometimes you just have to decide something and go with it and not regret, you know. So uh, go with that choice. Don't take the safest option sometimes. Take the, the, the option that in your gut you think it's okay. I mean, I look back now at some of the decisions I made in the past and I thought, well, if I'd done a pros and cons list, I would never have done that. It just felt right to do it. But I went into it with the attitude of, well, I'm going to make it work. And if it doesn't work, I will have learned something from it. And I'm not going to go if only. If only is something that stops people in their tracks. Yeah. So once you commit to something, you just do it full, full on and you learn from it even if it goes wrong. Mm. You know, I, I do feel, I do sense that because of this redundancy issue that you had, that that knocked your confidence oh, for sure. quite yeah. a lot. And, yeah. and there's a re residue there of not being treated fairly. That's true, yeah. I think we're going to have to let that go. There are yeah. bastards in the world and you... I encountered them. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, I think emotionally I I feel like I'm letting that go. It's just logistically feels like it's holding me back. Of like, course. Because that is my work and I want to show it because it's good work. And so I guess I'm like, I feel, do I just write that off? Well, you know? I, I'm very bullish. Uh -huh. So I'd be tempted. I'd rather... I don't ask for permission. I wait till people try and stop me. Yeah. And you've had clearance from a lawyer which says that is your yeah. work. <clears throat> um, and I think you should do it. And uh, if, But if your ex-bosses burn your house down crazy, like, is that where you want to go? You know, that's, I guess, my concern. Well, what's the risk? How much could they actually do to you if your lawyer's saying, well, legally? I mean, like, crazy. <laughs> I don't even mean, I mean, like, crazy <laughs> stuff. Yeah. One of them's crazy. So that's you don't really want to risk it, I guess. It's like it's more than like a lawsuit. It's like, will I be killed by a hitman? Like it's more, it's crazy stuff. Honestly, <laughs> I don't want a homicide on my conscience. <laughs> no, exactly. Uh, um, but as a, as a general rule, yeah, I I just think, and you've done the right thing. You've checked it with a lawyer. Yeah. I mean, obviously, this might be a, a complete one off. Yeah. But as a general rule for people, I think you should go for stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But if it goes wrong, don't moan about it. Just sure. learn, learn Just from go, it. Go, go forward. I think it's. I think yeah. it, you're probably in a good because this kind of work is filtering in all the time. Yeah. Maybe draw a line and go under it. I guess that stuff doesn't count. 
And yeah. it maybe <laughs> is there a way to kind of subtly link to the work without posting it on your website? I, I have don't a know. Secret showreel because it used to be a public showreel, and then I got this evil mm. phone call from a crazy person. So, so it could even be that you yeah. know you have the work on your website that is a, like a sort of shop front, and then you yeah. can say contact me for more, and then and you then send you them a secret showreel. You know, yes. and yeah. I think people in the industry understand these issues. You can, yeah, I'm I sure you can politely say, look, the music industry that has yeah, that. it's yeah. it's all over that there are there are crazies everywhere. Yeah. So, you know, but there's a way of still showing off about that yeah. work, I think. And you, you can know. talk about the type of work you've done and yeah. then illustrate it when you know somebody better. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, we um, we were looking around um, on our Twitter feed about uh, this question about freelancing as well. We're at my career crisis um, and we received this. I'm feeling burnt out. I'm either stressed because I'm looking for work or stressed because I have too much. I can never get the balance right. Again, that balance, something that you're struggling with. There is no balance. Yeah. You're at it seven days There's a week at the constant, moment, really. Yeah. How do you do that, Sue, without, you know, burning out? I think at the beginning, if you're going to start a freelance career, you really have to, um, you know, the idea that you become a freelance so that you'll get more control over your life is laughable, really, especially at the beginning, because you're trying to build your brand. You're trying to get people to know what you can do. You want to be on their speed dial. And that means you have to work a lot of hours. But after you've started getting some regular customers, I think um, it's about saying no which is anathema to most freelancers. But when I, I mean saying no, what I do is, um, you know, somebody will ring me and ask me to do something and I will say, I would love to do that for you, um, but I couldn't do it in the next two weeks, but I'd be happy to do it after that. Now, you'd be surprised at how many people go, all right then, because they've used me before, they like me, they want to do some work with me. Okay, it's, it's not that bad. Um, and most people, once you push back, will say that. I mean, if it's an utter emergency, they will say it. But I think most freelancers don't like saying it yeah. in case they go, well, I will take my work, never darken my door mm -hmm. again. Most of the time, if they know you're a known quantity and they know you deliver and they know you're really good and you've built up a relationship with them, most time pushback is okay. In my world, I feel like I can't say no because there's a million music supervisors desperate for that work and the ad world moves so quickly. If you said, oh, I can do it in two weeks, they'd be like, it's live in two weeks, girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. So then you know, you're like, you've lost the job and then they found someone else that did the job and they may never come back. That's the worry. But that's why I think if you could regularize, regular, regularize your your paid work mm. that, you know, as opposed to the freelance work, yeah. that would give you more of a buffer. Yeah. But yeah. I think that the real priority there is to up the amount of money you're getting paid for these days that you do, yeah. because it sounds to me like you're being underpaid. Well, I'm, it's a decent day rate. I think it's just... Um, Isn't it industry standard or have you set your own rate? I've set my own rate based on an industry standard. It's not too unfair, but I guess once you have taxes and your bills, like there's nothing much left, you know, so yeah. that's just... London, isn't it? Yes. Do you, can I ask you, do you have a pension? No. Oh, goodness. Yeah. No, I, I need to look into that. Sue, so if you're like us sitting here, you know, 40 year olds going, we don't have pensions. I mean, you probably are just going to put your head in your hands, aren't you? No, what do I'm we not. do? What I do mean, I'm do? 62 and I haven't got pension. Okay. Okay, good. Feeling better you about do it. You not look 62. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> yes, I have a fa great face for radio. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, I am. And I have no pension, but I have a house. Okay, yeah. And um, two children that are going to look after me. Right, right, right. So if you don't have any of those things, and then you should be stressing about a pension pot, right? 
you know, yes, all the financial experts will tell you that, but that's never been my priority. My priority is to live for the moment. I have so many friends. When you get to this age, I have so many friends who are dying, which I know that it's incredibly young, but they get things like cancer. I'm I'm really hoping for a heart attack when I'm about 80. That would really do me. That's the way to go. You're just putting it out there. Yeah, because I don't want Alzheimer's. You know, yeah. I don't want to be in a home. I don't want to have to rely on my kids. I'm, I'm joking about that. So a good heart attack at 80 would polish me off quite nicely. Thank you very much. So, you know, I know you're not, I mean, I don't smoke, but um, I, I know you have to have all these health messages and I'm absolutely not telling you not to do those <laughs> things. But I just think, you know, when I hear 22-year-olds telling me that I, they don't have a pension, I just despair. Okay. I despair. Okay. But please don't listen to me. This is a health warning. <laughs> I'm sure there's another podcast out there that will tell you how to go and find your pension pot. It's not this one, though. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Um, well, Angie, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you. Um, are you really going to go to clown school in Paris? I'm thinking about it, yeah. Why not? I think it might up my game performance-wise. Well, this. Um, thank you for so much for coming in and sharing your experience of being a freelancer. And if you are um, thinking and considering being a freelancer, why not come on My Career Crisis and tell us all about it? Um, mm-hmm. You can tweet us at My Career Crisis or you can email info at chalkandblade.com to come and be on the podcast and have a session with Sue Ahern. Um, then, uh, well, we'll be back again with another crisis uh, next episode. Do keep reviewing and rating us on iTunes. It means the world. And saying hello on Twitter as well. We've had a few people um, find us on Twitter and just tell us how much they're enjoying the podcast. Thank you for doing that. It means everything to us. Sob. Uh, My Career Crisis is a Chalk and Blade and Rosina Sound production. We're going to play out on a piney track. And uh, we'll be back next week with another episode.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.